You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, I cover some tech news. And I have the usual entertainment and podcast news and some tech I'm using. I also have part two of my Montauk story, and I'll wrap it all up with a rant. I was going to try and stay away from the coronavirus stuff, really I was, but the thing just exploded with lockdowns and national emergencies. So let it begin. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. And the new tech, at least to me, is this podcast. I hope you are doing well and having a great week. I also hope this finds you virus-free. Have a correction? The story in tech news last episode about Samsung selling network equipment to Spark in New England should have been New Zealand. Dope! It was written correctly in my notes, but I just screwed it up. Politics. Looks like it's going to be Joe Biden and not Bernie. Let's see how the so-called Bernie bros take this. China is trying to blame the U.S. for the coronavirus outbreak. Of course they would. Be on the lookout for propaganda pieces from dubious sources backing up this theory. If I'm right, this disinformation this, this campaign will be intensifying in the coming weeks. Let's start off with some tech news. As I said in the opening, I was going to try and stay away from the coronavirus stories. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about it, but it just couldn't be avoided. First up, Huawei granted another 45 days to do business with U.S. companies. This from Reuters. The Trump administration said on Tuesday it was extending a license allowing U.S. companies to continue doing business with Huawei Technology Company until May 15th. This is aimed at minimizing disruption for the customers of rural telecoms. Last month, Congress passed legislation to reimburse telecommunications providers with fewer than 2 million customers 
who replace equipment in their network deemed to pose a national security risk. President Trump signed the bill this week. This seems like the right way to go, in my opinion. The Verge reports that Twitter has ordered all employees worldwide to work from home. Good precaution. I wish I worked a job where I had the option of working from home. Yahoo Finance says that the social media app TikTok is setting up a so-called transparency center in Los Angeles where external experts will oversee its operations. Again, when I retire, I think I'll become one of these anonymous experts. We've heard of these efforts before by a fellow Chinese company called Huawei, and we all know that everyone has their price, so buying some experts should be no problem. I'll be available at a reasonable price soon, so there's that. Next, Google employees miss office perks while enduring coronavirus damnation, reads the headline from the Daily Beast. Google has advised all its employees in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East to work from home until at least April 10th to curb the spread of COVID-19 the disease that has infected more than 121,000 people worldwide, killed 4,300 that we know of, and has been declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization. The article goes on to say that no dry cleaning, office barista, or gourmet meals are available to these poor employees. One commenter who claimed to work for Google caused a stir when he wrote on Hacker News that the absence absence of these perks meant he couldn't do his job well. He cites the lack of coffee machine at home causing him to actually have to walk to a Starbucks and his need to cook, wash dishes, which were previously handled by the office cafeteria, are the culprits. The poor guy, I'm assuming it's a man, has to code on a 13-inch gasp monitor. These spoiled, rich, and immature people are the ones feeding you the information they want you to see and excluding the info they don't want you to see. Don't worry, guys. Bernie will save you. Oh, wait. Maybe not. The Verge. Apple is shutting down all of its stores in Italy indefinitely due to the coronavirus. The store closings are effective Effectively a formality, though, giving the entire country of Italy has already been put on lockdown as of March 9th. Man, Italy has been hard hit with this virus. Probably the hardest hit outside China, though we really don't know what's going on in Iran, North Korea, or China itself. As I reported in a previous episode, Italy most likely was hit hard because of the importation of Chinese factory labor. Iran, probably because of Chinese, quote, technicians, unquote, helping that country with their nuclear ambitions. Word slowly leaking out of North Korea is that the Hermit Kingdom's military was taking the brunt of the virus, but who really knows? North Korea shares a border with China, and what I hear, it's pretty porous. Fox News Business reports that Apple is reopening all stores in China, so I guess that evens it out. Maybe, just maybe, things are getting better in that country. But there's more. The Verge is reporting that Apple is temporarily closing all retail stores outside China until March 27th. This makes Apple the first retailer in the U.S. to take such action. 
This comes on the heels of an Apple retail store store employee in Santa Monica testing positive for the COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, earlier this week. Expect more retailers to follow suit as this virus spreads. Mac Rumors has received an anonymous tip from a source with a good track record that Apple is set to release a new MacBook Air next week. I think the Air is a great laptop and I use a 2018 model myself. Though in my opinion, the 2019 base model MacBook Pro is a way better deal. I have that model also. I'm guessing after last year's update, which featured a True Tone screen and an updated butterfly keyboard, maybe a better CPU will CPU will be a primary update. I'm sure keyboard geeks will be hoping for a new scissor mechanism based keyboard, but as I've stated pre- previously, I enjoy the ones supplied on the 2018 Air and 2019 Pro. I'll agree that the 2016 version was janky, though. I never had a problem with it. That keyboard just felt bad to type on. I guess we'll find out next week. Forbes has an article which states the iPhone 9 release has been delayed indefinitely and the iPhone 12 is delayed also. Geez, I'm so glad my lovely wife suggested I upgrade to an iPhone 11 this month. I really was going to wait until September. It appears now that the 12 won't be out until after the holiday season. Then again, I've seen reports which say the 9 was already in final manufacturing stages when this virus hit. Next from Android Authority is that the price of the upcoming, if it's really coming, Pixel 4a will be starting at $399, which is good. Phones are starting to be priced way above a lot of people's means to purchase them. The battery is larger than the regular Pixel 4, they're reporting, which is severely underpowered. The 4A supposedly will feature dual SIM support. With the iPhone 9's uh, rumored delay, this Pixel might be the big hit of the year. I believe the 4A is manufactured in Vietnam. Now, what have I been saying about diversifying your manufacturing base? Hey, Apple? Hmm? Next, we'll move on to some tech I'm using. This episode marks the return of this section, and what could be more exciting than microphone preamps or exciters, as they are also known as? Please don't stop listening. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching Obscure Mics, which is a YouTube channel I subscribe to. The host was reviewing the Clark Technic CT1 Mic Booster, as they call it. Clark Technic is a Behringer-owned company that follows in the tradition of selling audio equipment with high-end features for reasonable prices. While watching the video, I placed an order for the CT1 on Amazon and received it a couple of days later. Here is a brief comparison with the Cathedral Pipes Durham, which goes for about $75, and the Fethead, which goes for about $89. The CT1 is $29 on Amazon currently, and they are constantly selling out. That's less than half the price than the Fethead, which the CT1 mimics. All three items were tested non-scientifically with an ElectroVoice EV320 going into a Scarlett Focusrite 2i2 USB interface. Build quality of all three is great, with the Durham being the best and the CT1 a close second. 
Compared to the Fethead, the CT-1 is heavier with a seemingly more robust construction. I don't know the quality of the internal components, though. Both the Fethead and the CT-1 plug directly into the male XLR connectors at the back of the microphone, which saves you from having to use an extra XLR cable. The Durham follows in the Cloud Lifter, the most popular mic preamp these days, requiring an extra XLR cable. Mic Boost All three give a significant boost to the EV320's gain, which takes a lot of heat off the Scarlett Interface preamp, which helps lower the noise floor. I think the Fethead gave the highest boost in my experience. Sound Quality I thought the Durham sounded the worst through my headphones. I can't put my finger on it, but it just didn't sound as good as the other two items. I couldn't tell the difference in sound between the CT1 and Fethead. At least, to these tired old ears, I couldn't discern a difference. Summary. With a superior form factor and apparent great build quality, the CT1 is the winner here. The price just can't be beat. Now, will it last as long as the other units? Time will tell. If you are in the market for something like this for your RE20, Rode Procaster, Shure SM7B, or any other low-gain dynamic mic, for the price, you just can't beat the Clark Technic CT1. Disclaimer. This was a subjective test. Your results may differ. Wander over to Obscure Mics on YouTube if you want to see that channel's test of this. Next week, I'll, give, I'll let you guys know if I like the Behringer units I've recently put into my audio chain. Now, entertainment news. Variety.com reports that actor Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson have tested positive for the coronavirus. The couple are in Australia for production of an untitled Elvis Presley movie. I'm not sure why they are filming a movie about Elvis in Australia, but what do I know? I'm sure it has something to do about money. I guess this will make the events going on since December real for many people for the first time. Next from eOnline.com Charlie Sheen slams Corey Feldman's claim that he raped Corey Haim as a teen. Charlie Sheen is vehemently denying Corey Feldman's claim that he raped Corey Haim on the set of the film Lucas. E! News can confirm Sheen was accused of raping a then 13-year-old Haim on the set of the 1986 film Lucas and Feldman's new documentary, My Truth, The Rape of the Two Corys. According to Entertainment Weekly, Feldman specifically alleged, quote, He told me, Charlie bent me over in between two trailers and put Crisco oil on my butt and raped me in broad daylight. Anybody could have walked by. Anybody could have seen it, end quote. However, Sheen told the Huffington, Huffington, Huffington Post, quote, These sick, twist, and outlandish allegations never occurred, end quote. He also stated he hopes people will take into consideration what Haim's mother, Judy, has to say. In 2017, Judy defended Charlie from the accusations, which were initially made public by the National Enquirer and the late actor Dominic Brescia. Quote, My son never mentioned Charlie. 
We never talked about Charlie. It was all made up. If my son was here to hear all of this, he would throw up, Haim insisted. Well, he's not here, so we will never know. What kind of mother would just leave her son alone on a film set with God knows what kind of adults? I guess that money was good, huh? Now, I don't profess to know who did what to whom, but something happened to these two men when they were kids, and the behavior described probably still goes on, but to a lesser extent in Hollywood. All kind of weirdness seems to come out of that place. You know, just look back to the Me Too. The film industry needs to clean itself up, and then maybe we can start seeing good movies again instead of the current output of sexual deviation and graphic violence the studios are churning out nowadays. Or how about some original content for a change instead of all these politically correct reboots? Just saying. I watched the Mark Wahlberg Netflix movie I talked about last uh, episode called Spencer Confidential. Yes, I was a bit disappointed in the movie. It didn't follow the books or series at all. It had a lot of action, but the story was kind of weak. It's watchable, but I think it would have been much better if it was actually based on the old television show. GameSpot.com is reporting that Sony Studios has a new Spider-Man spinoff coming, but it's not part of the Marvel Universe. Yes, great. Another superhero movie. Enough said. CinemaBlend.com says, Walker, Texas Ranger, the 80s hit series, is to be rebooted, of course. The article laments that the star of the original series, Chuck Norris, probably won't be part of the cast. For those who don't know, Mr. Norris turned 80 years old this year. He looks great for his age, but I don't think uh, he could pull it off, even if he was included. Anyway, I predict a flop. Alex Jones, remember that guy? Arrested for DWI, driving while intoxicated. He responds in a rant and says, quote, A restaurant should not be allowed to sell alcohol, close quote. The gist of the article is that Jones of the infamous InfoWars network got in an argument with his wife after having what that standard replied to the question usually asked by police, Have you had anything to drink tonight, sir? Yep, two beers at a restaurant. I'm sure it was just two beers, right? It's always just two beers. First off, I do think the man was unfairly canceled by the left wing, but he does seem to be kind of an asshole. Then again, even assholes have a right to be heard. Secondly, didn't this guy just go through a nasty divorce not too long ago, which his ex-wife took him to the cleaners? Why would he make that mistake again? Boomerism alert. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result each time is the definition of insanity. Next, Nick Cannon doesn't believe in marriage anymore following his divorce from Mariah Carey. So reads the headlines from TheBlast.com. I think old Nick lucked out by marrying her. His so-called career got a boost and his affiliation with Ms. Carey continues to put money in his pocket, so I wouldn't complain. Reuters, CBS, NBC, and their properties will pause productions amid the coronavirus outbreak. I'm getting tired of that word. Not only do we face a future of having to self-quarantine, but now there will be nothing new to watch. Not, there, not that there's been anything good to watch lately. 
Apple II has suspended all active fil filming for shows that air on its Apple TV Plus streaming service. This is bad news. I was looking forward to a couple of shows, especially the one based on the Slow Horses series of novels by Mick Herron. Maybe I'll just get back into reading while I'm quarantined if I become infected with that gift China has generously bestowed onto the world. I know, I know, I know. Podcast news. Cheatsheet.com asks, Why haven't the Kardashians started their own podcast yet? Wait, let me answer that one. How much more can the public take of a family whose fame started after a sex tape was released of one of their daughters, and whose butt is so huge that she looks like an ant, the insect, not the relative, and a reality show which shows us peasants how the rich live. Also, the stepfather who has turned into a stepmother. This family shows us everything that's wrong with this society, so what could a podcast possibly add? Plus, they probably don't have much to talk about besides themselves and how rich they are. And we've heard all that before. InsideRadio.com reports that one quarter of top news podcasts are entirely coronavirus-focused. The article says The Daily, from the New York Times, is the highest-ranked, with all the just-launched virus-specific podcasts from other legacy media following. There's never any harm with information, but beware of agendas, no matter from what political side it's coming from. My advice is as soon as the hosts start blathering, blathering about politics, punch out. The article also states that the producers of these podcasts are wondering how to monetize all these new listeners. So be forewarned. Coronavirus Arama RayNews.com reports that over 10,000 podcast episodes with coronavirus in the title or description have been released just last week in the United States alone. I mean, who doesn't enjoy a good crisis? Two podcasts I have listened to concerning the coronavirus are The Savage Nation and Coronavirus 411. Though The Savage podcast dips into a bit of politics, the information on the virus does not. Coronavirus 411 is a daily short rundown of major events concerning the subject. Both are excellent. I hope Artie Lang is okay is the headline from Spectator USA. Artie Lang, the long-suffering comedian, comedian late of Mad TV, Howard Stern, and Anthony Cumia shows, has disappeared. He came out of rehab looking great and started a podcast called Artie Lang's Halfway House, which I recommended. The podcast has been put on hiatus, and the official line is that he is sick. The article states that fans suspect something else is going on, namely a relapse. I hope not, but it's not looking good. Well, another slow news week for podcasting as the world reels from the virus spread. Many more slow weeks will come as conferences are canceled. Words of Impact These are my own words. Amid this worldwide crisis, try and look for good in the world. Seek and use information that can benefit you and your loved ones. Don't fall for weaponized information that is pushing an agenda. Any agenda. This outbreak is bigger than politics. I know it sounds contrite, but unity is what will get us through this.
All right. Story time. Montauk Air Force Station, Part 2. To recap last week, I covered a brief history of the place and told the story of Boo Boo. This week, I'll describe my daily life while temporarily assigned there. Not being a breakfast kind of guy, I slept in until about six in the morning, and then, after showering and getting dressed, I would make my way to the main office and arrive there about seven o'clock. I was usually the first to show up. After everyone was present, the boss would tell us what building to empty and what equipment needed to be turned in to clear an account and what equipment could be sent to salvage. We would take a two-and-a-half-ton open-bed truck, and by eight o'clock, we'd start loading it up. The two concrete bunkers that were part of the artillery in the old days served as storage until Wednesday, when the closed-bed truck would be loaded up for the weekly trip to McGuire Air Force Base, which left on Thursday morning. In one bunker, we placed the items for salvage, which would be loaded first, and of course, the other bunker held the equipment that was accountable. When empty, the bunkers were dark and dank and had graffiti on the walls from previous airmen who were stationed there through the years. It was interesting to read the inscriptions and the year they were written. There was no evidence of laboratories or underground entrances as alleged by the conspiracy theorists. On my first trip to McGuire, riding shotgun as I always did, I didn't have a truck license, much to the chagrin of the boss, I was told the story of an NCO who just up and decided to get out of the military. Back in those days, the military took the contract you signed with them very seriously. If you had, let's say, two years remaining on your enlistment, barring any crime or other reason to be separated, you were expected to serve out that time. It was at a time when Vietnam was still a fresh memory and retention was a major problem with the military. I don't recall the man's name, so let's call him Sergeant Smith for the sake of the story. The guy just went through a nasty divorce and, I gather, just didn't want to be in the Air Force any longer. He went to the first sergeant and requested an early discharge, which was promptly denied. He was told he was crazy if he thought he would be let out of his binding reenlistment contract. The first shirt didn't know it at the time, but he had just given old Sergeant Smith a way out. Now, Sergeant Smith was a desk jockey, meaning he worked in an office environment. Fellow workers had noticed that he seemed to withdraw and not participate in any office banter like he would previously. Not previously known to be a smoker, suddenly he started to smoke, and in a big way, like chain-smoking multiple packs of cigarettes per day. After a few weeks, he would show up at work exactly on time, take off his coat, and then stand in a corner of the office facing the wall. He would not respond to anyone attempting to talk to him. At exactly lunchtime, he would leave his corner, put on his coat, and leave the office. When lunch hour was up, he would return to the office exactly on time, hang up his coat, and go stand in the corner until exactly quitting time. Then he would again put on his coat and leave for the day. Not knowing how to handle this, his boss decided to wait him out. The behavior was repeated every day for a week, and no disciplinary action was taken against him because he was... Always on time to work, never late back from lunch, and left work at the proper time. When Monday rolled around, he was escorted to the first sergeant who recommended taking Smith to McGuire so he can get some psychiatric help. So once a week, he was taken to the hospital at McGuire, was evaluated, and the doctors attempted a cure. 
sometimes keeping Smith for days at a time, but always releasing him back to Montauk. You must understand, this was a different era in which it was very hard to discharge an airman, and as I said before, retention in the military was a major problem. Well, I guess old Sergeant Smith thought the process was taking too long, so on a trip back from McGuire, as they were nearing the base, he pulled what appeared to be a forty-five caliber pistol out, pointed it at the driver, and said, I want to see my medical records. The driver, who I must give props to, calmly replied, uh, Okay, but first I have to call and get permission to show you the records, so let me pull over and use a payphone. Remember, this was the days before cell phones. Sergeant Smith agreed to this. Of course, the driver called the security police at Montauk and told them what happened, and they responded, taking Smith into custody. The weapon turned out to be just a pellet gun, and Smith started, stated that he had no memory of pulling it on the driver and demanding to see his medical records. It was the driver's word against his, so nothing really could be used to get him in trouble. He was taken back to McGuire in an ambulance and stayed there for a month, where he was pronounced cured and given his discharge. The guys that knew Sergeant Smith claimed he did exactly what he had to do, and he achieved his goal. Well, back to my mundane story. We would arrive at McGuire about midday, take care of the business of turning in the equipment, and then go, then go to billeting and get a room for the night. After that, we would go downtown and eat. Depending on the driver, sometimes we would go to the NCO club for a while and then crash for the night, or just go back and hang around the day room watching tele television before sleeping. Early the next morning, we would make our way back to Montauk, where on Monday the process would start again. Next week, I'll tell you about a radar guy getting a call one night about a UFO and tell the tale about Aaron Pineda and how he became the hero of the former camp hero. Now it's time for the rant. Horde buying comes to town. I first noticed this trend when the rumor of snowstorms would be broadcast over the winters. My wife used to work at a grocery store and marvel at all the people who would flock to her store and buy up all the eggs, bread, and milk like they wouldn't be able to leave their homes for days. Now, with a real threat, this behavior has gone into overdrive with water, hand sanitizer, disinfection wipes, and toilet paper, yes, toilet paper, sold out at all the stores in my area. Even bottled bleach is sold out. Besides making the manufacturers rich, this severely shortens supplies that will only hurt the community. I mean, how much toilet paper do you really need? I don't remember this behavior when I was a child, when we would indeed have major snowfall. Maybe it was taking place but made no impression on me? People, think of your fellow citizens before you buy out all the stock of an item. Please? Worse than just hoard buying for yourself and family is hoard buying for profit. It's called profiteering. The New York Times has an article about a man, an Air Force vet to boot, who bought up all the hand sanitizer he can find within a 1,300-mile radius from his Tennessee home. He started selling them at an exorbitant price on Amazon until his account was suspended, and now he is complaining about having 17,700 bottles of the stuff with nowhere to sell them. Of course, he's claiming to be the victim. The idiot even let the paper publish his name and location and his picture. Oh, it's Matt Colvin, if you're wondering. He'll get what he deserves. 
now I hear that he is under investigation by the Tennessee authorities and he wants to donate the stuff now. Too little, too late, dope. Well, episode 20 is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll keep cranking them out as long as I can. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. You can tell me I suck and then suggest how I can improve this excuse of a show. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe, and I'll see you next week. Resist the urge to panic. Panic never has solved anything. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Stop sneezing and coughing and get off my lawn. I'm out. Take care, folks. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.